0: Welcome to the first in a series looking back on the very best of the ATP World Tour in 2017. And when ATP Tennis Radio first came on air in time for the Monte Carlo Rolex Masters in April, a certain Swiss was on a roll.
1: Match point, Federer, second serve. Serve comes down, backhand flicks to the feet of Vavrinka. who plays the backhand back to the backhand. They're going backhand to backhand, crosscuts looping from Federer. He's out of court, Vavrinka Inside in goes Federer, stretch from Volley winner, Roger Federer! And that is it, a fifth Indian Wells title for Roger Federer. His 90th career singles title, his 25th Masters title. He now holds the record with Novak Djokovic for the most titles won in the desert. That is title number five. And he did it against his friend and his countrymen, the world number three, Stan Wawrinka, 6'4", 7'5". He won this title without dropping a set. He only had his serve broken on one occasion. He only faced one break point. Roger Federer is the champion, the champion in Australia and now the champion in India Wells. He's taken the title, beaten Fabrinka, final score
0: 6-4-7-5. Backhand return from Nadal is long. Federer has won his third title of the year at 35. This extraordinary career just gets better and better. He's beaten his great rival now for the 14th time in his career. Nadal, disappointing in the end, just had no answer. To the sheer all-round brilliance once again of Federer, and it's Roger Federer who wins here in Miami, 6-3, 6-4. Federer adding the BNP Paribas Open title in Indian Wells and the Miami Open presented by Itau to victory at the Australian Open, and along the way introducing a new and improved backhand. He would then take a rest, though, as attention turned to the first Masters 1000 on clay, leaving the door wide open for his great rival.
1: Championship point Nadal, second serve, goes deep and it's a double fault and disappointment for Ramos Vinales but delight from the undisputed king of play, that is his 10th Monte Carlo title, it's his 70th career title, 50 of them have come on clay. Rafa Nadal comes through against Albert Ramos in straight sets 6-1, 6-3.
0: So a tenth Monte Carlo Rolex Masters title for Rafa Nadal and it was to set in motion the most extraordinary clay court season. Echoes of a similar winning spree in 1995 by another titan on the clay, Thomas
2: Muster. Well, it started well in Estoril and um, got early confidence in the year and I've been you know, feeling really good and composed within myself and um, knew that that i'm playing at a good level but obviously winning every tournament up to the french open or pretty much every Cleveland court tournament um, it gives you exceptional uh, confidence and and you you raise your game you're improving your game week by week and and uh yeah so guys knew they had to go a long way to beat me and and yeah i mean winning 12 in a year it's uh, Doesn't happen every year, let's put it this way. So it's probably, yeah, was the base or the basis of that year pretty much to be number one in 96. Who were your main rivals from memory at that time? Talk to me a little bit about
0: the the rivalries that you'd built up.
2: Oh rivals, it's just you play, you know, week by week you play the same guys and you know how to play them, but then you've got guys like Stefan Edberg that I absolutely hated to play. He was reading my game like a book, so so, you know, once you're not on his part of the draw, they, you might have lost earlier. I mean, you, I mean, you're looking at these kind of things because you know on the draw who you can actually beat and open matches and people you just don't like to play. But I mean, everybody's a rival really um, in that game and everybody wants to win and wants the points and wants the success. So it just changes when you, when you keep winning, you know, you're the one they chase and, um, the same when you're number one, you know, you're the one to beat. You mentioned number one, you became number one early in 96.
0: How important was it for you to tick that off in your career?
2: Well, it's obviously very important, It's uh, you're on top of the game and for years you've always got someone in front of you that you're chasing and then suddenly there's nobody in front of you, you're on top of the scale. and then It's a special moment but um, at the same time it's, uh, it's pressure and uh, looking at the guys, you know, they stay at the number one position for year after year and, and for, I don't know, hundreds of weeks. I mean, this, this is outstanding. This is, this is so much harder to do than actually becoming number one is to stay there. And um, it's, it's amazing responsibility and pressure and uh, consecutive wins and, uh, and, and, and the success. During all those years, and it's amazing for for me to watch these guys to sustain this uh, incredible tension and uh, and ongoing pressure.
0: A word on Rafa. What do you, as Thomas Muster, say about Rafael Nadal?
2: I mean, he's running for the tenth French Open. He's running for looking at Barcelona, Monte Carlo, all these tournaments. He's won so many times. I mean, sitting here winning three, you know, it's like, yeah, well, so what? You know, this is. It's from another planet, really. I mean, he must be the best clay court player of all times, I mean, by by far.
0: Praise indeed from a king of clay of yesteryear. And Nadal's claim to the present-day title hammered home in Barcelona on a court bearing his name.
1: Nadal up into the serve, out wide it goes, block back on the back, and the ball will drift long and his hands are aloft. The king of clay continues to dominate in 2017. He's won his 10th title in Barcelona. The double decima is complete, and he did it without dropping a set. Rafael Nadal comes through against Dominic in straight set 6-4, 6-1.
0: So, heading into the second clay court Masters 1,000 the Mutua Madrid Open, Nadal was printing the headlines... But all that was about to change when Novak Djokovic announced that he'd split from his support team including longtime friend and coach Mayan Vida.
3: Well, uh, I've experienced a couple of changes recently so uh, I'm feeling like I'm in the transition period at the moment and uh, uh, but I'm excited to to experience new things a new chapter and uh, Madrid will be the first tournament uh, without uh, now my ex-team that I was with for the last 10 years um, so uh, I look forward to, to to see how I'm going to feel on the court so far the practice
2: week has, has went very well. Why, why did you come to that decision re- regarding your coaching team and how difficult a decision was that to make?
3: Well it was, it was definitely not an easy decision considering the close relationship I've had with all these guys for over the years I'm very grateful to to their commitment and professionalism, but more than anything, their sacrifice and friendship. Um, they were always there for me in, in the good and bad times and we've been through so many wonderful memories together and that we will take with us uh, regardless of of the, the professional decisions and um, it was all in good spirits, but we all felt like we needed something new, so we all We'll all, uh, we'll all, of course, stay friends, but, uh, you know, this, this new chapter of life um, is, was a necessity for, for all of us and to, to move on and hope to get the best out of it.
2: You spent so many years rising to this incredible period of dominance you had over the last couple of years. In a way, are you relishing this, this challenge of fighting your way back to, to the top again?
3: Yes, I mean, my f- career was uh, going in the right direction, upwards, mostly, uh, ever since I enter the professional waters um, and so this is for the first time probably ever since the beginning that I'm experiencing uh, in the last six seven months uh, other direction and uh, uh, of course it makes you uh, you know question yourself your game whether you are th- doing things right or wrong uh, but again you know I, I'm feeling much better today than I was maybe a few months ago um, I grew up on clay as well. I, I feel comfortable on it. I've had a last couple of years of lots of success on it, of course, crowning that with Roland Garros title last year. So, um, you know, I, l- I just look forward to competing. I love this sport. I love hitting tennis ball on a daily basis, whether it is, whether it is an official match or just a regular practice session. So I, I trust the process. I trust my own abilities and, uh, and I, I hope that life will uh, um, Life will uh, grant me with some some success in the the near future.
0: The announcement sent shockwaves through the sport. Even world number one Andy Murray, a junior alongside Djokovic, was surprised.
4: I mean, obviously for us it appears like it's all of a sudden, but maybe it, you know it's been something that had been discussed for for a while. You just you just don't uh, you don't know. Um, what I will say though is it is, it is difficult, you know, traveling with. It's, it's great in some ways, but it's also difficult traveling with the, the same person or same people for 10, 11, 12 years. Um, it's very rare nowadays to see teams or coaching relationships last that long um, just because of how how intense it is. Um, a lot of traveling, a lot of time away from f- you know families. You're spending a lot of hours in the day um, together and um yeah maybe maybe Novak just felt like it was you know it was time for a change or he felt like he needed needed a change um but um you know rather than seeing it as a a negative thing it's been you know obviously a very successful relationship he's had with all of those all of those guys I'm sure they still I'm sure they parted on 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 very good terms and um yeah see you see what Novak's next next moves are but it's um you know, 10 years is is a very long time. And it, I know it's definitely been that long with Marion, but it seems like, you know, M- Milan and um, Gigi have been around a long a long time as well. So it's, it's, it's a long period to be with all of them.
0: Commentating on events in Madrid was Andy's former coach, Alex Correcha who's still
5: very much involved in tennis and working now for Spanish television. I love it because uh, I'm having fun. Uh, I like that the spectators they have a feedback to us and they telling us how how nice we're talking or explaining things, and at the same time it's good for me because I've been there before and I can communicate it to them and trying to make them understand what's going on on court. It's not just the ball; it's going from one side to the other side just because no reason, and that's what I, I really like. It I, I like to interview the guys on court after the matches because I think it's very nice. They open up their, their hearts, you know. They're happy when they when they win. And I do enjoy it very much. Was it something you always wanted to do? No, I never thought about it. Uh, But since I retired, I had the chance of uh, doing it. And I don't know, uh, I was lucky enough. Feedback from people is very, very nice, very good. Uh, They're happy about it. And I can do it for Spanish TV. And I'm working as well for Eurosport. So I'm very pleased about it.
0: In terms of this tournament, it's a real
5: celebration of Spanish tennis,
0: isn't it? What what do you make of Spanish tennis as a whole at the moment?
5: Spanish tennis has been always great. I think, of course, uh, having one of the best of the history, like Nadal, always helps. But we've been having so many good players uh, in in every area. And right now I, I would say that we are enjoying a nice moment. We will see what's going on in the next few years, but of course... At the end, it's better to enjoy the, the present, you know. And I think we have good males, we have good female players and good variation of, of players, you know. Some of them, they play better on clay. Some of them, they play better on hard courts. And I think, overall, we are uh, players where we work very hard. We develop our game the, the best we can and we always try to improve.
0: Rafa looks like he's getting close back to his best. Ominous for everyone else.
5: Rafa, he is playing very well. And it's unbelievable because we thought that it was going to be very difficult to see him back playing at his best. But I kept on saying, like, don't ever doubt on Rafa. Because that's almost an offence. I think it's a little bit absurd to think that Rafa will never get back to his top level and he proved that he is ready to, to be better again, yeah.
0: Do you remember first seeing
5: or hearing about this young niño, Raf, Rafael Nadal? Yes. Uh, first we met him when we were playing Davis Cup final in Barcelona, and he was holding the flag for our team. He was so shy, no words, uh, look at us like this, very introvert, not talking at all. And then I had the chance to practice with him once in a very winter day in Barcelona. Uh, he was wearing with t-shirt and shorts and I was getting to the practice like on Monday morning like 9 a.m. and it was cold and I was wearing like big jacket and hat or whatever, you know, and then scarf and everything. And and he was ready and I was like, are you not gonna warm up? And he said, no, I'm done, I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready to hit. Okay, so I took some time, ran around the court and I hit the first ball and he just went and boom. And he hit it so hard. So that was my first impression with him. And I stopped the ball and I said, like, you always hit that hard the first one? And he said, yeah. From the very beginning, I hit the ball as hard as I can. I'm like, OK. How old was he? He was 16 at the time, yeah. Wow. How do you think history will reflect on Rafa down the years? I'm not so sure we, let, let's say, I, I'm not so sure we understand what Rafa did. Uh, we're not capable to to think about it closely and deeply to make sure that what he's done, it's just crazy. It's, for me, unrepeatable. Uh, you got to be... Uh, a jajan on, on, on your mind uh, you are got to be probably the gra- the greatest ever not only in tennis I'm not so sure mentally would be another person that would be tougher mentally than him
0: and that same mental fortitude was again on show in the Madrid final
1: Nadal at championship point reaches, serves into the body and the forehand drifts over and cross pushing team back and team hooks the forehand cross court up the line goes Nadal the stretch of the backhand the backhand volley from Nadal too good and he's done it Nadal wins Madrid title number five career title number 72 52 on clay and his 30th at Masters 1000 level he is the undisputed king of clay and with this win he moves to world number four Rafa Nadal has defeated Dominic Thiem in straight sets, 7-6-6-4
0: Nadal's indomitable form continuing against one of the pretenders to his crown on clay Dominic Thiem the steely young Austrian already famed for his ferocious work
6: ethic and monumental playing calendar under coach Gunter Bresnik. Dominic is not somebody who makes big jumps in his, in, in his development. He's a very consistent, improving player. He's, if you look at his ranking, he moved up consistently, never stepped back. In his game, uh, I, I make sure that he always works on the things. He does not do too well yet without forgetting his, his strengths. And um, his service speed was great already one, two years ago. Now his percentage goes up. So instead of hitting with 225 and making 5%, he hits now with 215 and making 50, 60%. And things like this make him uh, make him obviously a better player and uh, Im- improves his, his understanding for the game. It shows that he improved his understanding of the game. He's not, not playing against himself, he, he also reads the, the weaknesses of the opponent better, and uh, being on the tour for three years and last last year especially, and this year having a chance to play against a lot of the top players uh, gave him a boost.
7: Obviously he's been in finals a lot on the clay, this clay season last week, Barcelona, it's been he's played a lot of tennis, how, how does he feel physically?
6: There are guys who played more, more, more matches than him, and probably also Intense, intenser matches and longer matches Nobody asks them I mean, Dominic is a 23-year-old guy Physically in, in perfect shape So this should never be a problem I, th- I think if a tennis player cannot play 100 matches a year uh, He's in the wrong profession
7: you, You've been coaching uh, for a long time And obviously you've been with Dominic for a long time How sort of proud is it to watch a player come from a
6: young age And then fulfil the potential okay. that a lot of people see in him? Me, for me, it's, I'm not proud of him. I'm, I'm, it's For me, it's very really satisfying. And actually, I, I'm proud of myself because uh, growing up as a coach not coming from tennis uh, have a completely different background. It's... Uh, the people at the beginning say, that, OK, it's easy. You work with somebody who's already the top 100. Uh, if you move them from 100 to 20, it's no big deal. And uh, they say, but you cannot teach somebody tennis from the beginning and then Go with somebody from 8 years old to t- for 15 years until he's uh, top 10 from nothing. This is uh, for me the last proof that I'm not the worst coach on the tour.
7: A lot of people obviously look at the the top sort of four or five guys in the world, um, and they obviously they, they look at the Djokovic, Nadal kind of people, and then just below them is the likes of Dominic. When will Dominic be the world number one?
6: I always focus on developing his game. Uh, his uh, his strokes need to improve. He, uh, there are a few things in, in the tactical department. I think he doesn't do great. If he does this, he's going he's to be a better player. And by being better players, gonna a better player, he's going to win a few more points and then maybe a few more matches. When he will be, it doesn't matter if it happens. If it's tomorrow or in, or in 10 years, I don't care. It, this is for every, every player one of the biggest goals. I think he has to... To stay the way he is right now, very modest, calm, concentrated, hard-working, and uh, by consistent improving, I think he's going to have a chance in in a few years, depending on the other guys who maybe some of them improve faster than him, like I always mention Kyrgyz, Zverev, Pui, some young Russians, Kachanov, I probably forgot a few guys now and I don't know everybody. And then the the other ones like Raonic, Nishikori, they're gonna be around for a few more years. So there's there's no no a real easy opening to to, to jump into number one and to play consistently over a year. It's also a, a different ballgame game than than play here and there good tournaments. This year, by having a I would say a bad start in the season, and for those guys, it's important that they do well at the Grand Slam and the Super 9s. So you cannot afford the round of 16 loss. A first-round loss in in Kibis early loss for me also in in Monte Carlo, and then uh, you are so far behind. But in the, in the future, I hope, and I think in the, in two three years, it's going to be, if hopefully no injuries, no 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 sicknesses, uh, in in the shape to to compete with the top guys.
0: Gunter Bresnik speaking there in Rome with our reporter Tom Bartlett, who also happened to speak with one of the greatest players of all time.
7: Well, Italy's a pretty historic place, and a man who made a lot of history right around the world is joining me now. I'm delighted and honoured. Rod Laver, thank you so much for sparing some time with us. Just just talk to me firstly, Rod, about um, what brings you to Rome. It's a beautiful place, but I think there'd be something <laughs> other than just a holiday, I'd suspect.
8: Uh, Tom, I'm uh, thrilled to be here, having been successful in 62 and 71 in the finals. And, yeah, I think... Uh, they've got a new award that they've been giving it's the golden racket award which a lot of the past champions have getting and i haven't been able to be here until now so that's the reason why i'm here but i'm yeah i'm excited about seeing you know for italico again you know seeing the courts the the hedges everything is about the same except the two new or the brand the brand new center court out there and you know i'm you know as i say it's it's hard to be everywhere, but, you know, when you're creating a career and playing well, you know, it's it's a wonderful memory to have, you know, Nicola Piatransley or Manolo Santana, you know, all here, and, you know, and so it brings back good memories.
7: Tell us about those memories. What do you remember about those two wins? Because you won a lot of tournaments around the world, but what about Rome in particular? What, what stood out for you?
8: Well, you know, this is, this is clay court tournaments, you know, when in Australia... Yeah, you know, we played and learnt how to play on grass courts, and yes, we had hard courts down in Australia or clay courts, but they weren't this type of clay. It's this is a, a different surface, and and you have to understand how to play on this surface. And you know, I I got my good share of beatings the first couple of years, but I I I worked at it. I got got to all the tournaments. I said, just enter enter me in all these clay court tournaments. I've got to learn how to play on this stuff. And so that was that was know, yeah, the the beginning of '60, 60, '61, and then so in '62 I was able to win this. And uh, so I had a, had good years, you know, for the grand six, the Grand Slam in '62, and the, and then in '69. And of course I had turned professional in '63 never thought i'd ever see wimbledon and the us open and australian and the french but all of a sudden open tennis came around and allowed us to do this so you know i i'm pretty thrilled with having my yeah my name on a lot of the trophies and you know it's it's dif- a different world yeah you know, we had little rackets when we started now we've got you know the, the the new age of the composite racket you know a lot bigger and people that start the game as a child you know, they understand how to use this racket better than if we took it up knowing everything, you know, you still have to learn how to use this racket and so, yeah, you know, I think it's uh, it's nice to see, you know myself here at Teleco. It, it it is amazing it's, you know, like you say nothing's changed, but everything has changed, <laughs> and I think t- seeing the hedges that were here you know 80, 90 years ago and you think no nah, that couldn't be but it is <laughs>
7: <laughs> What's it like Rod to come here obviously you mentioned a couple of names Manolo and, and Nicola I mean it's pretty special you guys have been sitting there watching these gladiators out on Centre Court this week but nice to rekindle some old friendships from, from Italy and around Europe
8: Oh yeah I think uh, Nicola yeah, and Manolo but Manolo and I we played a few few matches here and uh, you know, I think Manolo and I played at the at the french and i, I didn't play nikki at the french but uh it was it's nice to be able to be here playing and competing and yeah you it does bring back good memories of all the matches that we played some that we've forgotten and <laughs> and, and of course are the ones that i lost but i know uh, because nicola pietransi mentioned it a couple of times no i won that match Oh, okay. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> what have you made of the
7: tennis this week? It's been a pretty enthralling week on the ATP World Tour.
8: Yeah, the ATP, and you know, it's it's good to see you know, the whole world of tennis being ex- it's keeps c- exploding a- every year, and you know, seeing the, the the sponsorship, you know, the prize money structure is up more and more. The young players that are now great players, Zerev and Theme, There's a lot of Good players that are knocking at the door to the to top guys. You know, although when I watched the last match with uh, Djokovic, uh, it was hard to believe that he could play this well for the sustained amount of time he did. So, you know, I think the, the French, this particularly the French, coming up, seeing you know someone like you know Rafa Nadal owns the French championship, and you know I just marvel at that. Uh, that. You know, class of, of a player that could win so many tournaments on clay. I know Monte Carlo I and mean, this Barcelona and the uh, Madrid, you know, was some of the great players. And, you know, the, you have to play your best tennis to win these matches. And he's done it for 10 years. So I. I'm, I, I'm glad that he came at a time he did, not when I was playing.
0: <laughs> Rome would prove one tournament too far for Nadal. Instead, another of the big four, Novak Djokovic, looks set to join the list of Masters Series title winners for the season. But one of the stars of the future clearly hadn't read Novak's script.
1: Djokovic ready with the serve, and he serves down the centre, drops it short, forehand into the middle of the court, and a big backhand for Novak Djokovic, and Zverev has done it! Zverev! The champion in rome Se the one youngest one. winner here Se since the darling in 2006 six, his three. first masters 1000 final and he lifts the title a straight set victory over the four-time champion Novak djokovic 6-3. four six three
9: uh, i'm super happy of course uh you know i, I can't realize it yet uh, i think if i cool down in the locker room see my team everything will sink in but i'm obviously super happy and super excited and but you know i i know that this uh this was maybe one of the best turns I ever played. So, you no, know, but I got to keep working hard and keep improving. I can't stop now. And what kind of message
0: does this send to the other big boys? Your first time playing Novak, you're in control from beginning to end.
9: Well, you got to ask them that. Uh, I don't know what they think, uh, but obviously I'm super happy the way I play. I'm super happy to get the title here and win my first uh, ATP 1000 event.
0: And what will this do for your confidence for the rest of the season? Will you start going into these big tournaments, believing you could win any of them?
9: Yeah, after this one, I think even more than before. Obviously, you have to still go match by match because in the big tournaments there's no easy match. You know, I played three sets against Kevin Anderson in the first round, which could have gone both ways as well. And now I'm here standing as a champion. So you got to keep focusing, you got to keep improving. A sign of things
0: to come for young Sasha Zverev. For Djokovic, meanwhile, after the final, there were yet more exciting coaching announcements. It was still early days, but he would be teaming up with Andre Agassi, no less. And on the eve of the French Open, our colleagues at ATP World Tour Uncovered caught up with the man himself.
3: Andre is a huge inspiration to many people, and including myself. And uh, First of all, it's a great opportunity for me to have him alongside me and learn. He was very supportive of, uh, of, of me in media. Whenever he would speak in public about me, it would be always positive and always nice. Uh, even in the last seven, eight months where, where I received a lot of criticism, and he was one of the few people that that, that kept, uh, kept believing in me and talking nice about me. So I just gave him a phone call wanting to, to thank him for that and to say that I appreciate his, his kind words. And uh, it turned out to be a 30, 40 minutes discussion. And it, then it evolved into something that we are experiencing at, at this very moment where we're together as, um, you know, as friends, but as a player and coach as well and in one of the biggest tournaments in the world. So I'm very honored. Uh, to have him on my team and and to have him uh, here in Paris um, he asks a lot of questions he's asking a lot of questions which is great because he's trying to get to know me as much as he can as a person as a, as a player my family my, my team the people that are surrounding me because he wants to he wants to give his best to help me to to become even a better player and a better human being and I, I definitely uh, see him as a, as a great inspiration uh, at the moment, uh, the, the, the the very inspiration that I was actually looking for uh, lately.
0: And while Djokovic was searching for inspiration, Nadal was oozing it, sweeping all before him without losing a single set en route to a record tenth Roland Garros.
10: On the run is Nadal, the puts in the slice, Nadal collapses, and Sladezema
11: hit us Immortality for Rafael Nadal! He crushes Stan Wawrinka, a pink Rolling Girls title!
10: Well, difficult to to talk today, but uh, the only thing that I can say is thank you. Thank you very much to all the people who organized the event. Uh, just be here, around here for such a lot of years is something difficult to describe. Now, every time that I come back here and I see a lot of people that I have a lot of uh, good relationship with them is uh, very very special that's that's why for me it's difficult to compare this tournament with another one so just many thanks everybody for everything it's gonna be always in my heart and uh, especially that uh, my uncle that is here with me that uh, since three years old <laughs> we were working uh, <laughs> a lot and uh, <laughs> without uh, without him uh, I have ten trophies with me and no one will be impossible. So just many, many thanks for everything. Awesome is an
0: overused word in sport, but perfectly summing up what everyone had witnessed in Paris. And afterwards, match commentator Matt Brown sought out the views of a three-time Roland Garros winner, Mats Villander.
11: I think that, uh, yeah, I think that this whole tournament, every match, I don't think he's played um, a better Roland Garros before. Obviously, score-wise, it goes to show that he hasn't. And um, the guys are getting better and better on Mm -hmm. tour, and he seems to still be not one step ahead, but at least two steps ahead of of, uh, the evolution of clay court tennis.
7: What has been the key to this turnaround? though? Because he, he had injury problems, of course. Uh, Carlos Moya came into the camp, and right from the start of the season, I mean, epic Grand Slam final at Australia. Uh, fantastic performance on the hard courts, Indian Wales and Miami as well, and he's just continued through to the clay.
11: Oh, I think the key is to be able to, to stay home and, and uh, work really hard in, in what became his off-season, even though he was injured. I think getting strength back, and he's moving much better than, than he has maybe ever um, then Carlos Moya I think has helped him with the serve uh, he's moving the serve around in the service box way more. He used to be very predictable with his serve, at least for most of his career. He had a, a spell uh, four, or five years ago when he was going for his serve and hitting it really hard. Uh, but I think now he hits it with uh, purpose. He understands why he needs to serve to the right-handers' forehand more often mm-hmm. with his first and second serve. And then the fact that here in the finals now against Stan Wawrinka, you there are no holes on his side. On his side of the court, there used to be um, a bigger, bigger gap on his in his own forehand corner but suddenly he's taken his own backhand earlier. He stands close to the baseline, so you can't push him back, and therefore the, the, the ball comes back faster to, him, to his opponent, even though he's hitting backhand. So uh, he's improved um, everything in his game, and um, he's not winning. Grant's, I mean, French opens because of his forehand anymore. That's obviously a bonus now. Um, his backhand is great, his serve is great. Everything uh, is um, better. I think it's better than ever.
0: La Decima finally clinched a fitting way to end the clay court season with the King's crowning glory, an achievement that left many. Among them, Alex Koretcha, Alberto beres Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray, Marin Cilic, Dominic Thiem, Joe Wilfrid-Songa and Thomas Muster
5: simply in awe. I'm not so sure we understand what Rafa did, what he's done. It's just crazy. It's for me unrepeatable. Uh, you gotta be probably the the greatest ever. Not only in tennis. I'm not so sure mentally would be another person that would be tougher mentally than him. The king, <laughs> the king of clay. I think the, the best player of all times on clay court. I think Rafa gave to this sport a lot. He gave us to the to the Spanish tennis. Uh, he he's giving still a lot, and uh, we have to thank him for what he did for tennis, what he's doing for tennis, and what he's doing for the kids, for the for the ones that are watching on TV because uh, he's an amazing player, and an amazing person.
3: He's not called uh, king
4: of clay for for nothing. It's been amazing what he's he's done here. He obviously uh, feels extremely comfortable um, on on the courts and. Yeah, on, on the clay. Uh, I think
5: his his focus, his determination, uh, his work uh, work ethic, and also his uh, hunger to win and win and win again, again, again. Uh, you cannot hit
9: almost any winners against him, so it's it's like you feel it's, it feels like you play against a wall. Some team, you know, looking for Decima for uh, many
4: years. I would say uh, uh, for for fifty years, and uh, and Rafa in in. in uh, a little, bit, a little bit more uh, of 10 years are able to, to get this decima, and uh, yeah, that's just unbelievable.
2: It's just so uncomparable. It's so outstanding. All these tournaments he's won so many times. I mean, this is just um, this from another planet, really. And um, I mean, it's, it must be the best play, clay court player of all times. I mean, by by far.
0: That's it for this week. Join us next week when we look back on a grass court season that saw Roger's return. I'm Seb Lozier. I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. Remember, you can find it on TuneIn and on iTunes, where you can also leave us a review. And if you like the podcast, you will almost certainly want to tune in to the ATP Tennis Radio channel, which is available 24-7 throughout the year and live every day of the Masters 1000 events and for the finals of the 500s. You can listen through atpworldtour.com and via the TuneIn and Tennis TV apps as a free-to-listen option. Thanks for listening. Join us next week.